everything's changed forever. A revolution to create the future. And the future is pro wrestling. So, are you ready? Welcome to the Ultimate Pro Wrestling Podcast, a show by and for all wrestling fans. Whoever you cheer for, whatever you support, we are pro wrestling. We are the angle. MJF and Chris Jericho get into a beautiful war of words. Mia Yim gets herself over by accident and how the cult of personality punked the entire wrestling world. Welcome back to The Angle on this lovely Thursday morning. I am your host, Joey Carney. And last night, the Wednesday Night Wars got more intense as they have ever been. And I don't say intense in the sense of both shows were just too good to compete against each other. I'm saying intense as in every promo, every match, every segment was just very high strung. Everyone on their toes, just really, really intense. And that's how I like it. And as we come off the heels of a successful AEW Full Gear event, all the feuds from that event are starting to settle down. New feuds are brewing. Uh, We saw MGF and Cody, something with Darby Allin and Jon Moxley down the road. On the WWE NXT side, we're right around the corner from TakeOver War Games. We still don't have competitors announced for those matches. And the next night after Survivor Series. So it is very, very intense right now. Uh, The Wednesday Night Wars, like I said, heating up. Both companies looking to finish the year out strong. Heading into a strong 2020 run. And I can only imagine what else is yet to come from all aspects of the world of professional wrestling this year thus far we've seen major returns we've seen new companies form we've seen rebirths i i can only guarantee that 2020 is only going to get stronger better more intense and the sky is the limit really i'm excited for all things pro wrestling in 2020 now there are a lot of things i want to talk about on today's show which is uh you know the typical way we do we do things around here. But I want to start off today with AEW, what went down last night, and what we can expect going forward after what we saw last night. So the show's opened up, obviously, with Moxley uh, coming off a huge main event unsanctioned lights-out match win over Kenny Omega, possibly the most intense wrestling match we've seen in this generation. Moxley coming down to the ring... It, it, Gave me goosebumps just because the way he opened up the show, how the crowd popped. I saw him as a future world. I mean, it's obvious that he's a future world champion in AEW. But the way he opened up that show with that pop, just the way he presented himself, I it looked like oh he looked like a world champion coming off a huge successful win. Uh, kind of flaunting his way down the, the ramp. You know, Kenny Omega obviously not cleared to compete. John Moxley looking like nothing even happened this past weekend. This guy is a fucking machine. I I don't know. And the match, he, the match, I didn't care for the match. But it wasn't about the match. It was about his presence. That was the whole point of that segment. It was to come out and show the crowd like that shit with Kenny Omega didn't even phase me. I'm on to the next thing. And that promo, that unscripted promo he hit right after that match, it got me fired up to watch the end of the show, the the entire show. Uh, 
and anyone could have answered. He said that he's willing, he's here to knock AEW down uh, person by person, and he's looking for someone to step up and take him out. And, you know, anybody could have answered that call. There was no predictability there. There was no predictable aspect to that segment. It could have been anyone. I was thinking, obviously, more of a uh, hardcore performer, someone like Jimmy Havoc, someone who we haven't really seen on, uh, you know, programming lately. Or maybe someone we haven't seen yet looking to make their debut. Uh, it was just really unpredictable. It could have been anyone. But we eventually found out who it was, and that was Darby Allen. This guy has star written all over him. He's unique. He's entertaining. He's not the typical size of a performer you would you would think of. He's just so he's cool, man. He's just cool. He's got a creative uh, entrance. He's got a creative move set. Just the way he presents himself is just so different than what you would normally see. He is definitely the underdog in any match he's in. He's uh, been booked that way in AEW, but that's because of the way he looks. He's a much smaller guy. Out of the ring, you would not even know this guy was a performer, not even a wrestler. But once he steps through those ropes, the guy is just incredible. He's just incredible. And I can only imagine the match we're going to see down the road between him and Moxley. I don't know if that's just going to be a one-off match, if it's going to be a new feud for them both. I definitely would love to see them feud together. I think that's a great way just because uh, Moxley's at such a high level right now that you put him with anybody, that person automatically is a star. Obviously, Darby Allen is being booked slowly uh, in the best way possible. They don't want to push him down the fans' throat. But, you know, having a, a, a match with Jericho for the title a few weeks back, kind of taking their time building him up. I think that's the best way to do it. Have him go into a feud or a match with Moxley, have Moxley help him get over, uh, kind of show the, how dark he can get in the ring. We obviously saw him with uh, the thumbtacks attached to his skateboard in matches before, but that's only one thing that we've seen from him. And I'm just excited to see what is going to happen next. John Moxley has a way of making things more intense, more entertaining. So anything involving him and Darby Allen is going to be money, I'm excited to see it. I just uh, AEW right now is looking really, really strong going into uh, 2020. I love that we're seeing new starts for stars like uh, Sean Spears, Nyla Rose, obviously getting some uh, hitting the reset button. Nyla Rose getting a job win last night. Uh, I'm excited. I I really do like Nyla Rose. I think that she's got a great backstory. It's unique to see someone of her stature be almost considered an underdog although she is a beast in the ring just the way that they book her in promos and just her story overall she's been through so much as a person not even a performer but as a person and where she is today uh is very very awesome to to see i'm i'm invested in her character i hope that she gets some sort of opportunity for the women's title down the road she was involved in the inaugural match for that title. She lost, but it just wasn't her time. They needed to build her up, and I think this is the best way possible. We're seeing the same thing done with Awesome Kong. Awesome Kong being branded with Ro uh, Brandy Rhodes, getting some sort of new gimmick where she takes the, her victim's hair and makes it a belt. I don't know. That is a little strange to me. I don't, not really a fan of that. 
But Nyla Rose, future women's champion, spoiler alert. <laughs> now, obviously something that we all love watching last night's uh, Dynamite, Jericho's promo. He always hits the nerve. He always hits great promos. This time, once again, uh, asking for a thank you. Basically claiming that he's defeated the Elite. And he has. He has beaten the Young Bucks. He has beaten Adam Page. He's beaten Kenny Omega. He's beaten Cody. Jericho has defeated single-handedly the the Elite, which is it wasn't really talked about before, but now he's claiming that he's, you know, obviously the better of everybody. And what I really liked most is, you know, obviously his his promos are great. Hands down, the best, you know, speaker in AEW. But what I really liked that is a is a unique touch that they put on these that AEW puts into their segments. There was no inner circle around the ring in the ring. Jericho came out by himself uh without the inner circle. And it basically shows that they want to distinguish each member of the inner circle as an individual in individual storylines. And when they have to, they come together. They're all part of the inner circle, but they individually have a story. Now, obviously, the main event with Jericho and Sammy Guevara, that's a one thing in itself. But Jericho coming out, basically his whole promo or his whole feud with Cody has been one-on-one. We've obviously had interruptions from the inner circle and elite, kind of adding fuel to the fire. But it's mainly been a one-on-one story. Now, going forward... I hope to see more of that. I love to see Jericho by himself cutting promos, using the inner circle when he has to, but he doesn't need them necessarily because he's the GOAT. He's the less champion of AEW. And I do have to say, when Cody's music hit, I popped harder when I saw it was actually MJF than I would have when it was Cody. And that's because I did not expect it to be Cody, and it's just something of MJF's style. That guy is just, he's probably the nicest guy in in real life. But he's the biggest asshole in not only AEW. I think he's the biggest asshole in professional wrestling. He solidified himself as the top heel in AEW. Maybe even higher. Actually, no. Even higher than Chris Jericho's. Chris Jericho. Maybe even higher than anyone else in pro wrestling today. MJF is the heel in AEW. He's the heel in professional wrestling. I'm not sure there's anyone else that is more over as a heel, that has more heat. I mean, this guy literally walks in a room and the crowd is chanting, asshole. They're throwing shit at him. They don't like him. And he's smiling about it. He's just got the best... He He's just got the, the it factor for this role. I love it. And his promo skills are out of this world. I think even Jericho... From his his face last night, he was impressed with MJF. MJF, being a new uh, a new star on the horizon, went toe to toe promo wise with Chris Jericho in the middle of the ring on live AEW television. That to me, just was really really impressive. There's not many people that can do that. And like I said, MJF being a new superstar, doing that this early on in his career. This guy's gonna be a freaking star, man. I, I, I don't know. He's just he's just gonna be a. He's already a star. He's the biggest heel in the in in the business. 
And he's barely been in any matches in AEW. I think he had one match that I can remember. One match against Brandon Cutler, which was done in minutes. This guy is the most overheel in the business, and he's wrestled one match. That is impressive. That is something I don't think much many people are, are talking about, actually. And his promo against Cody, I mean, it was emotional. Uh, it really made me focus on, you know, it made me think about what we've seen thus far. Like, maybe, it, maybe is Cody really selfish, like MJF claims? Like, it made me think about it. It was emotional. It was entertaining. It was high-strung. It made me really want to continue watching. The, I didn't switch back to NXT for like 20 minutes after Jericho got his got in the ring. I literally watched until the end of that. I didn't even switch back. I had no idea what was going on in NXT. I kind of put my phone down, and I was really focused on the product. And for MGF, Jericho to do that, says a lot about AEW and what their, you know, what their focus is. But I have to be honest, though. The whole segment had me on my toes. But when Cody appeared, I kind of settled down. I was like, all right. I know what's gonna go. I know what's gonna happen here. You know, I didn't really care after that point. Obviously, we knew uh, from from previous storylines of how this kind of thing goes down. Cody's gonna go to the ring, get his ass kicked, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, we didn't see MJF become a member of the inner circle, which I was thankfully I, I was so happy for that. I did not want to see him join the inner circle. I think he would have just got he would have got pushed around. Jericho is the mouthpiece of that group. MJF is his own mouthpiece. It wouldn't have meshed well together. MJF needs to be on his own in a different light, not with the inner circle. Now, if their paths cross, that's okay. That's one thing. But he should not be involved in the inner circle. I think that can only hurt him. I think he's already a bigger star than Sammy Guevara, already a bigger star than uh, Loud and Proud. He needs to be on his own. He doesn't need it. Let him be with who we saw debut last night, Wardlow, MGF's new muscle, sort of say, the same type of character that Jake Hager is playing for the Inner Circle and Jericho. Uh, and I did like that touch of the Burberry tie. And by the way, for those losers who don't know, who can't afford it, MJF's tie is a Bur or MJF's scarf is a Burberry scarf. If you didn't know, the brand is called Burberry. And to see that touch on Warlow's uh, tie last night, that was really uh, that was a nice touch to see. MJF demanding him take off the tie and use it as a weapon to choke Cody Rhodes. I think that's something that should have happened with MJF's scarf to begin with, but they're learning, uh, and we're seeing it now. And I'm really, really impressed. I don't know who the hell Warlow is. I know we've seen promo or vignettes from him way back when, but I'm glad to see that this is where he is. MJF, uh, you know what? I didn't think he needed anybody, but seeing him with Warlow being the muscle, helping him, you know, is going to help him get wins and get over more. Uh, I think that's a great touch. I think it's only a matter of time before we see MJF uh, in a main event scene, which obviously he's going to be with Cody, but I don't think he's going to be a champion anytime soon unless they unveil uh some mid-card title, which I think AEW should do. They have a lot of guys in the mid-card right now who are just being shuffled around in different matches. Uh, that, to me, I have to be honest, is kind of getting a little boring. 
we're seeing consistent matches from Pac and Page, Adam Page. And I'm, I have to say, last night's rubber match between Pac and Adam Page was probably my favorite match that they've had thus far. The match was fluent. Uh, it went, It didn't drag on for as long as the other ones did. I love the ending. Uh, it was just a back-and-forth contest. I enjoyed it. But I'm glad to see that feud over. Hopefully, we've seen enough of those two together. I want to see other feuds. I feel like AEW is kind of dragging these things out. I'm not sure if that's true or maybe it's just maybe it's just me. Because um, I know, obviously, the fans love these matches, which is why they're going on. But uh, I want to see new things start to happen. I want to see uh, maybe an, a mid-card title be introduced, kind of give the mid-card a purpose. But I do also have to admit, if there is a mid-card added, a mid-card title added to AEW, it might just become more popular than the AEW World Championship, which is why I think if there is a new title, Jericho needs to hold on to that that world title for as long as humanly possible because I don't think there's anyone else in AEW right now who can get that title over if there was a mid-card title. Because if there was a mid-card title, you're going to see someone like Adam Page. You're going to see someone like Darby Allin. Uh, you're going to see someone like... Uh, maybe even Cody hold that title because now he can't be the AEW world champion. I think if they were to create a mid-card title in AEW, it would have the, it would have the same prestige as WWE's Intercontinental Championship. And I think that's what they need. I think that they want to beat WWE. Like, I mean, they already are in ratings. But if you want to like surpass them completely... Create a mid-card title and put on classic matches. Imagine Cody Rhodes and MJF putting on a great match for a mid-card title. And it's not even the World Heavyweight. It's not even a main event. That, to me, is just incredible. Because we've already seen Cody, like I said on Tuesday's show, we've already seen Cody in storylines where someone turns on him. Make it more meaningful. Put a put a title in there. Put some implications that that give that storyline more juice. Now I feel like I'm dragging this on a little bit too long, but let's get to the main event: Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian, SCU, pitting, defeating Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. By the way, Sammy Guevara putting on an incredible match. That kid. I, I say it all the time about certain individuals. I said it last week or said it on Tuesday about Ace Austin. But Sammy Guevara, man, give it a few years. That kid's going to be in the main event. He's not going to stay a heel. He's going to be a face. Like He's going to get so over. He's going to get so great that there's no way he can be a heel. He's going to have to be a face. I would love to see him be the one to turn on the inner circle. Just like we saw years back. We saw an evolution when Randy Orton became world champion. And the ev- an evolution, uh, Triple H and Ric Flair and Batista turned on Orton. I could see that happening in the inner circle with Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is a future Randy Orton. If you think about it, that's that's where we're going with that. And it may be way, way, way down the line because... Sammy Guevara is new to viewers. 
He's not a new wrestler. He's been in independent scene for a while. But to viewers who don't know him, this is where it's going. Or at least I hope it's going. But this main event match, like I said, foreshadowing the future. I could, Because Scorpio Sky pinned Jericho, because he was the one to pin Jericho, I see Scorpio Sky eventually being a AEW world champion. Representing SCU. Scorpio Sky is just that guy. He's the best. He's the best athlete. He's the most athletic guy in AEW. He's, the, he's one of the best athletes the company has. And for him to be the one to pin Jericho, by the way, giving Jericho his first loss ever in AEW, I think is just foreshadowing to a bright future ahead of Scorpio. I think that maybe we're going to see a title run from Scorpio. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. That is going to be, if I'm comparing it, I, I know I make a lot of comparisons, but Scorpio Sky winning the AEW World Championship is like Kofi Kingston winning the AEW, uh, winning the WWE Championship. Both being a part of a very over, very successful trio group, which, by the way, trio groups are very hard to keep intact. Larger groups, obviously better. Tag teams, better. But three being an odd number, it's very difficult to keep a, a trio long-lasting. We've seen it done with The Shield. We've seen it done with... The New Day. And we're seeing it done with SCU. And Scorpio Sky winning the AEW Championship, like I said, being compared to Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship, being in a in a trio. I, I just think it's not going to happen now. I think majority of 2020, because AEW just a, is a new company and they're labeling themselves with Chris Jericho as their champion, I think 2020, most of 2020, is going to be Jericho holding that title. Uh, but there are a lot of contenders I could see to be the one to take it away. Scorpio Sky. Sammy Guevara, way down the line. Not anytime soon. Uh, we have John Moxley. Maybe even MJF. Obviously can't be Cody because he's, he can't contend for that title anymore. But like I said, maybe we'll see a mid-card title be added to the picture. I don't know. AEW is looking really, really strong right now going into 2020. I think they're going to have a very successful year. WWE has a lot, a lot of work to do to keep up with AEW. That's all I got to say about that. Now, I do also want to jump over to the NXT side of things. The NXT Cruiserweight Championship match last night, for me, was the match of the night. Those close falls over and over and over again had me on my toes. We, we saw... Uh, the ending of that match was kind of a, a screwed up finish. We're going to see a rematch. Angel Garza is so over. Leo Rush, obviously having his family at ringside, so over. But there was a lot of booze for him after that win last night. I don't know if that was meant to happen or if they're just trying to get him back to being a heel. I'm not sure. I think Leo Rush is better as a heel anyway, if that's the way they're going. But... I'm not sure because when Angel Garza first came in, he was a heel. And now he's a face. So I don't know if there's if they're switching the roles here, but the both they both did a great job in that opening match. Like I said, my match of the night last night, the Cruiserweight Championship, starting off the show. Now the big difference between AEW and NXT. AEW is utilizing the talent they already have. 
NXT is creating new talent. And that's what we're see that's what we saw last night with Zia Lee and Aaliyah. Stars that we don't really know who have been around, who've been in other places, who have been around, uh, but not are real not really well known yet. And we saw that match go down. Zia Lee kicking Aaliyah's face right off, busting her nose. I don't know if she broke it or not, but I know I said the in- the shows last night were intense, and they were. We saw two injuries go down last night in the two hours of NXT. We saw first Aaliyah and Mia Yim, which I'm going to get into a little bit later. But two nose injuries, shit getting intense in NXT. Just proving that the Wednesday Night War is heating up. Now, it was announced that Johnny Gargano is still injured. He will not be cleared to compete at NXT TakeOver War Games or at Survivor Series, something that he's really, really upset about. He did want to be a part of those uh, those events. I feel like this guy has just been having bad luck lately. I'm not sure. But Finn Balor came out, called out the NXT locker room, called him a little bit, a bunch of little boys, and that he, he made NXT, blah, blah, blah. Matt Riddle answered, and I knew Matt Riddle was going to answer because he name-dropped Matt Riddle in his promo. Matt Riddle came out, they got into a brawl, which led to the Undisputed Era coming out, which led to the rest of Team NXT coming out and having the best promo on their show of that night. Keith Lee really, really stepping up on the microphone, defeating Roderick Strong, I got to say, if I got to pick one superstar from NXT last night, Keith Lee, baby. I'm going to bask in his glory because he deserves all the glory right now. Superstar of the night for NXT, Keith Lee, man. Stepping up, taking the microphone, saying he's not too picky. He just wants to fight. Let's go. Let's bring it. He defeated Roderick Strong. Great, great segment. Roderick Strong, though, I do have to admit, wasn't, wasn't one of his best matches last night. Really, uh, he doesn't mesh well with Keith Lee, I don't think. Keith Lee is a slower athlete, obviously, because he's bigger. Roderick Strong's more hard-hitting, quicker pace. I don't think that's a great dynamic, but the match was still great. So I got to give them both that, just not their cup of tea to be in the ring with each other. But I did enjoy the match. Like I said, Keith Lee's stepping up. And back to the point of NXT creating new stars, Isaiah Swerve Scott, man, he is just... So impressive. It's only a matter of time, man. It's only a matter of time before he we really see him getting pushed. At least I hope so. I hope we see him get pushed because he's just a great talent. I haven't heard anything on the mic yet, but it's a slow building process. I'm excited for. It. I'm all. I'm all here for it. I don't know if it's going to be announced for NXT War Games, but I'm sure we're going to get a triple threat match down the road between Killian Dane. Pete Dunne, Damian Priest. That is going to be a match we have to look out for. That is possibly a show stealer wherever it is. Uh, Damian Priest coming from Ring of Honor. Killian Dane coming back from from SmackDown. Reinventing himself. And Pete Dunne coming over from uh, the UK to, uh, NXT brand. I love all three guys. I'm always willing. To, I, I want to learn more about Damian Priest. We've seen him over the past few months You know, building up. Uh, but I want to learn more about him. I want to learn more about Killian Dane. Pete Dunne, I'm a huge fan of. That's going to be another intense match. And I'm all here for it. I keep saying I'm all here for it because NXT is just getting... Be- with talent we don't necessarily know. They're just putting on awesome shows. And I- they're just doing a great job in producing this new 
future talent. I'm sure in 2020, we're going to see these guys and women be stars. And I'm just excited for all of it. So it was announced, announced by Kathy Kelly later on in the show that at War Games, at TakeOver War Games, uh, Matt Riddle is being taken out of the War Games match. He is going to be facing Finn Balor, uh, replacing Johnny Gargano in that story. I'm sure that's going to be a, a fantastic match. But now we have spots open on the men's War Games team, on Tommaso Ciampa's team. Matt Riddle being out, we already had an empty space. Replacing Matt Riddle is going to be Dominic Dijakovic, which I predicted weeks ago. He was involved in that uh, in the match. He was involved with uh, Keith Lee and Roderick Strong, that little storyline going on there. So now we still have one spot open on Tommaso Ciampa's team. And I'm not sure who that's going to go to. Is it going to be a surprise? Is it going to be uh, an NXT return from the main roster? Is it going to be Velveteen Dream, which everyone is hoping for? And it probably will be. I have to say, it probably will be Velveteen Dream. Out of anybody else, it has to be. He initially started this storyline with Roderick Strong and the Undisputed Era, losing the North American title. So I would love to see uh, Velveteen Dream take that last spot. It has to be. I know weeks ago I gave different names of who it could be. I'm taking those all off the list. It has to be Velveteen Dream. Period. But I do want to talk about the main event of the show. Io Shirai versus Mia Yim in a ladder match. For who gets the advantage in the Women's War Games match. First of all, making history. The first women to compete in a ladder match in NXT. On NXT programming. Io Shirai, I have to admit, when she first debuted in NXT, I didn't give a shit about her. I didn't like her character. But then she turned heel, and now she's one of my favorite women's superstars in all of WWE. Her entrance is so unique. Her moveset is so unique. Her personality, her character is so unique. Mia Yim, also. I wasn't, I, I was impressed with her during the Mae Young Classic. I wasn't overly like, oh my god, she needs to be in WWE. Unique character she is. She's the baddie. There's no one like her on the roster. But after last night, I have so much respect for Mia Yim. I said at the beginning of the show, in in the headline, she got herself over last night by accident. And what I mean by that is, she got injured during that match with Io Shirai. Io Shirai jumped off the top rope, uh, kicked Mia's face, or she kicked the ladder that Mia was holding in front of her face, busted open. She got busted open, literally pouring out blood all over the mat. It it looked like a crime scene. And I thought the match was over. I thought they were stopping the match. She couldn't continue. The docs got in the ring. They covered her face. They tried to clean up the blood as much as they can. The cameras moved away. Io Shirai kind of looked confused as to what the hell was going on. She took five minutes to set up the ladder just so, you know, they can figure out what's going on. And out of nowhere, Mia Yim fought through that injury. She wiped the blood off her face. She climbed up on that ladder. She kept going. She took a dive off the top, off the ladder. To the outside, through another ladder. She did like a like a side flip. I don't know what that was. I hope she's okay. I haven't read any reports yet of any injury, but 
I have all the respect in the world for Mia Yim. Last night, she proved... She she acted like a veteran in the ring. She performed like she's been in this business for like 20 years, 30 years. She put on... And it wasn't even the match. It was just the fact that she fought through those that injury. Threw herself off the ladder. Onto another ladder. Something that we don't see all the time from superstars. Someone like Mick Foley has done something similar. Taken fall after fall after fall. Continued the match through injury. Through being knocked out. Blood everywhere. Tooth through his nose. Mia Yim doing something very similar last night. Fighting through that. I give her all the credit in the world. And like I said, she got herself over by accident. Because that accident that occurred, her fighting through it, you're going to see. It's only a matter of time. She may be the one now. Because of last night, she may be the one to dethrone Shayna Baszler. And I hope so. You're going to see. She's going to play a huge role if she is clear to compete at War Games, which I hope so, she is going to be a huge part of that match. She's going to she's gonna be one you have to keep your eye on. Mia Yim proving that she's just not the baddie. She's the best. And I hope that she really gets more opportunity as from what we saw last night because not many other people would have com- com- continued after that that spot. It was just, it was a scary thing. And she did it. Congrats to uh, Io Shirai for winning that match. But all the respect in the world for Mia Yim. Now, if I was to compare both NXT to AEW last night, I do have to say AEW takes the cake once again. The show last night, the promos were consistent. The show opened with John Moxley hitting a, a great promo. It continued to Jericho, MJF. The main event was great. Pac versus Adam Page was great. Everything was great. And NXT, great also. But AEW just hit harder for me. I don't know. I was just more I was more invested in, in AEW Dynamite last night. Nothing not not knocking NXT. I love both shows. I say it all the time. I love both shows. AEW last night though, the better show. I gotta give them the win. In my book, AEW defeating NXT once again in the Wednesday Night Wars. Now, throughout the night, we saw backstage beatdowns. Women's superstars laid out. We saw Candice LeRae laid out. We saw Marina Shafir, Jessamyn Duke, Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox. I don't know if there was any more, but we saw all these women laid out. And we were wondering who, who, was, who attacked them and why. Now, this was a smart move by WWE because the women who were taken out were are involved in war games. So I automatically thought, and I know a lot of fans thought it too, maybe it was Shayna Baszler's team cleaning house. Maybe it was the, the last member of her team to be announced wiping everybody out. Maybe it was Dakota Kai because we saw her throughout the night saying she was going to uh, be there to have Mia Yim's back. So I thought maybe it was... Dakota Kai taking everybody out. But then the amount of women we saw, I was like, no, it's not Dakota Kai. It's some, it has to be somebody else. And then when at the end of the show, 
I was I was questioning. I even put it out on Twitter. I'm like, so are we not gonna find out who was the one taking everybody out? And then Shayna Baszler made her way to the ring to join the rest of her team for uh, war games. And out comes Bailey with a chair, takes out Shayna Baszler, p- puts her face down into the chair. Bailey looking strong. Bailey, by the way, being the only SmackDown superstar to invade. NXT, SmackDown, Raw, she's the only one from the SmackDown side to invade anybody yet. And going into Survivor Series, SmackDown has no momentum whatsoever. Their team was announced on backstage. And by the way, not a team compared to anything on the Monday Night Raw side. They have stars like Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin, and Braun Strowman. Three predictable people, I said it on the other show. These were going to be the three choices. Now the other two go to Ali and Shorty Gable. Ali, I can say, okay, you know what? That's a debate we can have if he deserves to be on that team or not. Shorty Gable, I don't think should be on that team. This he Chad Gable was on such a roll. He had so much momentum. They changed him to Shorty G. Plummeted. Trash. Great in the ring. I just don't care for the character anymore. And that's WWE's fault. Now, other competitors that I can say should be in the match instead of Shorty G? I mean, because there are some. One being Cesaro. I would love to see Cesaro in that match. Maybe Dolph Ziggler or Robert Roode. We haven't seen much of them since they were drafted to SmackDown. But one of them can possibly take that spot. We have other superstars on the roster who can... Miz. Why is Miz not involved? I know he was speculated to be in a in a in a program with Bray Wyatt. That's obviously going to uh, Daniel Bryan. Maybe we'll see a triple threat match with Daniel Bryan versus Miz versus uh, Bray Wyatt at Survivor Series, which would be an awesome story too. So Bryan doesn't have to take the loss. Put put the loss on Miz. Now some breaking news out of WWE in regards to the women's SmackDown team for Survivor Series. Breaking news out of WWE, Lacey Evans is officially joining the SmackDown team, SmackDown women's team for Survivor Series, being captained by Sasha Banks, also being joined Carmella and Dana Brooke. We're having four women already who will be the final member. My prediction is going to be Nikki Cross, but we're guess um, we're going to have to find out on Friday Night SmackDown. So breaking news out of WWE, Lacey Evans joining Team SmackDown for Survivor Series. And oh wait, there's more. Breaking news again for Friday Night SmackDown. Daniel Bryan will be joining The Miz on Miz TV tomorrow night on Friday Night SmackDown to discuss Sami Zayn's proposition and also what's going on with The Fiend Bray Wyatt. I said earlier on in the show, it will probably be a triple threat match between The Fiend Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan, and Miz at Survivor Series for the Universal Championship, which I would love to see letting Miz take the loss, letting Daniel Bryan Get some momentum getting back into the title picture going into 2020. Now, we still haven't heard anything about uh, NXT's team, if they're even going to be involved in the traditional 5-on-5-on-5 match at Survivor Series. So, I'm not sure when that will be announced, but I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope my my prediction for Team NXT for Survivor Series is going to be Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, 
Maybe Finn Balor. Uh, who could be the fifth? Velveteen Dream. If that, maybe we take out Velveteen Dream and Finn Balor when we put uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's kind of confusing having TakeOver, all these guys going against each other, teams on teams on teams matches, War Games matches, and then going into Survivor Series. And some of these guys the night before are going to be competing against each other. So I definitely think going into Survivor Series, NXT is going to have the disadvantage just because of what's happening the night before, which is why I think they've been so strong when they are invading Raw and SmackDown. But uh, I just can't wait for Survivor Series. I can't wait for TakeOver War Games. That, this upcoming weekend is going to be so great, and there's going to be so much to talk about. And we're doing a live pre-show before Survivor Series. So you're going to hear me jump out of my seat and talk about Survivor Series and what happened at TakeOver. So stay tuned for all of that. Now we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, there is still a lot to talk about. NWA Power, who is the mark? We have a new contender for the X Division Championship, a new contender for Ace Austin. So stick around, you don't want to miss it. We'll be right back after this. What's up, Angle fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Angle Radio for your full all-access backstage pass to everything pro wrestling. Once again, that's at The Angle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now back to the studio. Welcome back to The Angle. I'm your host, Joey Carney. And like I said before we went on break, there's still so much to talk about. NWA Power. Total Divas. We're going to talk about that as well. Impact Wrestling and how the world of professional wrestling was punked Tuesday night on WWE Backstage. Last week, I talked about how NWA Power was a little lame. And this week, I can say a little bit of the same. Uh, I'm starting to digress from it. My attention is starting to fade. I do love the product, and I'm trying so hard to stay invested. The last couple of weeks have been a little uh, a little lame. Last two weeks, this week and last week. But overall, I do love the product. I love the show. It's something different. It shows more of a theatrical side to professional wrestling that we're used to. Uh, we saw superstars like who is like the Mark, who is he? We don't know. Uh, we saw more from Nick Aldis proving why he is the champion. That promo he gave, I don't know if you watched it, but he gave a he gave a promo talking about Harley Race, a promo that a real champion should give, and we don't see it anywhere else which is why he's the NWA champion. It's a classic champion. He's a classic man. He's the classic champion. He's the real champion. I I did enjoy that segment, that promo. Uh, but the rest of the show was okay. Aaron Stevens, you know, I'm not really... I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to st- listen next week. I'm going to have to watch next week to really, really get back invested because the last two weeks have kind of been fading out for me. But I love it. I love NWA Power. I have to continue watching. And I am excited to see what happens next week. Now, in regards to Impact Wrestling, I talked a lot about it on Tuesday's show. I don't want to spread too much about you know, the company this week, uh, this show. But Tuesday's, uh, Tuesday's Impact Wrestling was phenomenal. We saw a new X Division champion contender crowned in Trey. That is going to be a great storyline. 
We already see Ace Austin involved right now with Eddie Edwards and Alicia Edwards. Uh, but going forward, another contender, Ace Austin's got a lot on his plate. But I think he can handle it. He's a great champion, and I like him in a ring. So I'm excited to see what's happening next from Impact Wrestling. We're finally going to see the first ever uh, world title match featuring a woman in Tessa Blanchard. She's going to be uh, facing Sammy Callahan for his World Heavyweight Championship in January. So that's something to look forward to. Impact Wrestling making themselves way different from everybody else. Just the 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 ring work inside the ring, the storylines, and like I said, what they're doing with Tessa Blanchard. So different, so unique, and it's so entertaining. So if you haven't checked out Impact Wrestling... Get your ass on Twitch. I said it on Tuesday. Don't be a bitch. Get on Twitch and watch Impact Wrestling. Now, I'm not sure if any of the Angle fans tune into Total Divas. I do just because I like to see the uh, the real-life side of these women superstars that we don't get to see on TV. We don't see much of Sonya, uh, Sonya Deville. We don't see much of Carmella. We don't see much of Naomi. So to see them on Total Divas in real-life situations situations sorry for that speech impairment situations uh i enjoy it i don't know why sonia deville is not being featured more on smackdown uh we saw this week that when she tried to get her lgbt storyline approved with so uh, with uh mandy rose which it was approved it was supposed to happen at wrestlemania it didn't go down and we kind of see the backstory to that we saw natalia get involved and talk about how other how she's always tried to get storylines approved and how basically the process in WWE is very difficult uh, and what these superstars go to go through to kind of get themselves on TV and get their storylines approved, their ideas. So it was a really unique side to see. We also saw the side of Ronda Rousey getting more vulnerable and emotional, talking about things that happened with her father uh, that a lot of people don't know. We saw her kind of bring up the conversation how after WrestleMania she feels like her work is done. She shined a new light on the women's division after WrestleMania. And now she wants to go off and have a baby. So it was really cool to see those different sides of the superstars. If you don't check out Total Divas, do it. You can catch up all with the all different seasons on the WWE Network. And if not, check out E! Network. I'm sure they're on demand. Go watch them. It's just another way to get invested in these characters. And I, like I said, I do want to see more from Carmella. I do want to see more from Sonya Deville. And it also shines light on what's happening currently with Nia Jax. It showed this week was uh, basically about her knee, her knee injuries, both tearing both ACLs. She had double ACL surgery, and she competed at WrestleMania with both torn ACLs, just so her cousin Tamina can finally have her WrestleMania moment. It was a really emotional episode. Uh, a lot of the things that we're seeing today, you know, obviously Total Divas being months, months prior to what, you know, the current time. But it was just cool to see the, you know, the backstory to everything we see today. So, like I said, check out Total Divas. You'll be more invested in these characters. You'll be more invested in characters like Nia Jax, Sonya Deville, uh, Mandy Rose, Carmella. I mean, it just, I really do enjoy Total Divas. Now, the main event of today's show. WWE Backstage. Now, I love this show. And I've loved it since it debuted. It's just a different side to WWE than we're used to. I love Renee Young. She is... When she's on Twitter... she By the way, she was tweeting through John Moxley's match at uh, 
an AEW full gear this past weekend. Her commentary on Twitter was more over than I can say for any commentator in wrestling. She was just so great. I love Renee Young. I know she's not comfortable being at the commentary booth, but she does such a great job at it. All props to her. And she's got such a real side, and she's not a face or a heel. She'll tell you she loves you, and she'll also tell you to fuck off. She tweeted on uh, on Wednesday, actually, after uh, WWE Backstage, after we saw the return of who I'm going to speak out in, in a few minutes. She tweeted at WWE to tag him. She wrote, tag him, you cowards, <laughs> to WWE. Like, she doesn't give a fuck. She's making that Fox money, baby. She doesn't care, which is, is why she's just so over. We saw Booker T giving his two-and-a-half-hour-long analysis on everything. Samoa Joe joining the cast. Paige being there. Fluffy. Gabriel Iglesias going to promo school with Samoa Joe. It was an excellent episode. Like I said, I love this school. I love this show. And, and promo school is probably my favorite segment on that show. But I just love the real as the real side aspect. We see Samoa Joe give like a real analysis as to what's happening now. They talked about the Rusev Lana Bobby Lashley storyline. And they gave their honest opinions. And I love it. It's not something that we see all the time. And I don't think it's scripted or anything like that. But at the end of the show, Renee Young said she wanted to surprise everybody. She counted down from three, two, one, snapped her fingers, and and in a matter of seconds, we had something that the wrestling world has been begging for for years, from 2014 to be exact, chanting every week, every show, loud and proud, CM Punk, every show. And finally, in 2019, on the cusp of 2020, we finally got it. <laughs> The return of the cult of personality. The man who's going to change the culture when we change the questions. The return of CM Punk. Finally back in a WWE ring. Technically a Fox ring because he signed to Fox. But I'm sure it's a matter of time before we see him compete in a WWE ring. Now, we have all these fucking assholes on Twitter saying, Oh, no, no, he's not going to compete. He's not going to be. Shut up. It doesn't matter what you say. You all want it. Everyone wants CM Punk in a ring, in a WWE ring. And I posted the question yesterday. Who do you want to see him compete against if he ever does compete? I asked if you want to see him compete against Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, or someone else. Obviously, the Fickle fans picked Seth Rollins for some reason. But I want to see, or I mean, the last option was Adam Cole. The four options were Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, and Adam Cole. Sorry about that. I missed that up. Four options. And everybody picked Seth Rollins. The fickle fucking fans who hate Seth Rollins picked Seth Rollins to be the one to face CM Punk. Now, I personally would love to see CM Punk face all four of these men. But I do want to see him go against Daniel Bryan once again. We saw it back in 2012, 2011. I want to see it happen again. Now, the question remains, is AJ Lee going to follow him back? I, I'm not sure. There's a lot of questions. Is he going to compete in a WWE match? Because technically, he's he's signed to Fox, but WWE had to give the, the yes to let him come into this show, WWE Backstage. I'm sure we're going to get some information next week. I'm sure the ratings are going to be out of the fucking roof. They're going to skyrocket for CM Punk next week. But 
no one just comes back like that to not get in the ring. We've seen it done with Lesnar. We've seen it done with Hulk Hogan. We've seen it done with, uh, I don't know, Goldberg. No one just comes back to do an in-ring segment or, in this case, WWE backstage. He's, it's a matter of time before we see him in the, in the ring. 2020 is going to be a big year for wrestling, like I, like I said earlier in the show. You're going to see a lot of stuff coming out of AEW. You're going to see Impact Wrestling go back to the top to be a top contender for fans' favorite company. And you're going to see CM Punk in a WWE ring competing in a WWE match. And hopefully, hopefully get into the title picture. I'm not sure. I don't want to get ahead of myself. A lot of people are saying it's never going to happen. But you know what? A lot of us, a lot of people also said he was never, ever going to step foot in anything related to WWE. And look where we are today. CM Punk back in so an association with WWE. He's not signed to WWE. He signed to Fox. But it's only a matter of time. And that leaves me optimistic. That leaves me positive for the future. I'm excited for what's going to happen next week on WWE Backstage. I'm excited for TakeOver War Games. I'm excited for Survivor Series. I'm excited for the upcoming events with Impact Wrestling. I'm excited for NWA's Power, NWA Power's next pay-per-view into the fire. I'm excited. I'm excited for 2020. And before I end the show, I want to give a quick rundown of our upcoming events. Sunday, November 24th. We're going to be doing a live pre-show for Survivor Series. We're going to to talk about everything that happened at NXT TakeOver, any news or anything regarding uh, Survivor Series. We're going to run down the card. We're going to give match predictions. I'm going to have a special guest on the show. We're going to do contests, give away merchandise, whatever. It's going to be a fun time. Join us on YouTube and Twitter for that. November 24th, live pre-show, Survivor Series pre-show with the angle. Now, a quick reminder, we are available anywhere you like to enjoy your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you enjoy them, the angle is there waiting for you. But if you can, please, because we need to get better, we need to grow, please leave a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts, write something nice about the show, or whatever you think, be honest. Leave a five-star review and be honest with, with some response. It takes... 10 to 20 seconds to do, and it means more to us than you know. We'll read it on the show. We'll shout you out, and we'll even send you something. We need more reviews. We want more feedback as to what you guys, the fans, want and what we can do going forward to build this thing, to build the Angle brand. And I also want to give another thank you. I said it on Tuesday, but I want to thank uh, everyone for helping us get to 1,000 followers, 1,000 subscribers, 1,000 members of the Angle family. Only four months into this, and we're just we're hitting milestone after milestone. And it's only up from here. It's only up from here. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for the future of pro wrestling. I'm excited for 2020. I'm excited for everything. I'm just excited, man. And that's where I'm going to leave you. For now, I'm your host, Joey Carney. And this has been The Angle. See you next week. And before you go, remember that The Angle is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Rate us and leave a review, and we'll read it live on the air. See you on the next episode.